Well, hello and welcome to Rhythms of Grace. Uh, I'm Christine and I'm here with Nate. Howdy. And Son. Hey, hey. And we've been talking about things we wish we'd known um, about all sorts of things. And, and we covered things we, we wish we knew uh, about marriage. We were going to keep going with that series. I think we're done with that. So we're moving on Who to... Who needs to know? Who needs to yeah. know about sex and money? It's fine. <laughs> That's right. We'll figure we, it we, out. We skipped over that, right? I, yeah. feel like we, I feel like we did like a hard sell. Like, you, uh, you want to hear this episode? <laughs> you know what? We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it in the uh, young adult episode. Okay. Yeah. Wait. Maybe. Yeah, but yeah, right we'll now we so last week we talked about high school. This week we're talking before we get all the way to young adults. We're talking mm-hmm. about college, which is kind of that liminal space between yeah. high school and adulthood. So things, things I wish I knew I when I was I in knew. college. Yeah, man. So college students, listen up. Yeah, yeah. Although my experience might be a little bit. I got married uh, after my sophomore year of college. Mm. I was wow. actually I was I was married for two two years in college. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I was a child. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, what what's the basic summary of your college experience? Yeah, I was down in New Mexico, uh, okay. a state that I had never visited before. I went to school there, yeah. um, working full time in college, and I did not get married. So mm. yeah. 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 I went to uh, Illinois, a state that I had never visited as well too. Mm. And, uh, I was, I did not work full time and Mm. I did not get married. Mm. Mm. I, um, I actually went to school. Uh, I knew that I wanted to do ministry, but I did. Yeah. mm -hmm. But I had already, um, I'd already been accepted at this Mm. school and got like a full ride. And so I was like, Oh, I'm going and then sort of decided I wanted to do ministry. So I sort of had like one foot out. College career because I was a little bit like I just have to get this done so that yeah. we talked about this last episode again a little bit like looking past it mm-hmm. already yeah um uh so I was just sort of like look I just got to pass I mm-hmm. just got to get a degree hmm. so that I can do what I really want to do I wish I had not done that as a matter of fact mm-hmm. oh that's what I'll start with yeah you ready for this yeah. Ready. So again, I was so eager to get out of college and I don't know that everybody feels this way, but I was so eager to be done in order to move on with the next thing of my life that now when I look back and I realize like the wealth of opportunities that Mm -hmm. colleges offer, um, like art class, I never took any art classes. Mm. I never took anything, but what was required to get my degree mm. and get out. Mm. And again, like I'm not, this is not a humble brag. I had a full ride. I could have taken any class that I wanted yeah. and the school would have paid for it. I could have tried a million different things. Mm. And I was just so eager to get out that I didn't take advantage of all of the resources that a college has. Mm-hmm. And I really, really, really wish that I had done that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, you know, uh, one of the first things that came to my mind is, yeah, just again, I said this in high school, but like being present and knowing that like the present is the most important time. Um, And yeah, I think there are, I I was thinking about it more with like the different classes where it's like, oh man, I took so, I took so many cool classes because I had to, um, where it was like all of the um, gen eds, Mm. which people think like, oh, you got to get the gen eds out of the way. But I'm like, but I learned so much about the environment or ecology or astronomy, you know, all of yeah. these different things um, that I think, yeah, I wouldn't have if I hadn't been present. Um, 
And there are only, you know, it's, it's your only chance to go to, you know, we had like a big Aggie burning because the Aggies were our nemesis. <laughs> um, so like, what are Aggies? I don't know. Do, I, do you know this and I don't know some? <laughs> yeah. It's the New Mexico State University. They're the Aggies. Oh. And so I think it's a pirate. I don't know. It was <laughs> it's huge a mascot. And, yeah, oh, it was is it? huge it's and made mascot. out of paper mache. It was like taller than the buildings and we would burn it. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh, I don't really want to do this. Like, what a waste of time. But I was like, but this is the only time in my life that I would ever go to something like this. Mm. So I should do it. Mm. Um, and I think I think I could have done that more. Those like once in a lifetime. I'm, I'm never going to be back at UNM, you know, mm. like, yeah, taking advantage. You might be. Uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, unlike you, Nate, dove right into college. Mm. I was away from my parents. I was like, this is great freedom. Well, that's when God got a hold of me. I became a Christian. And then I dove into uh, church life, uh, other Christians. And I would say the first two or three years of college, I mean, that was my world. I mean, entire world. And so on one hand, it was really good because I formed friend, friendships and relationships that have shaped me um, and, and have been the foundation of, kind of my Christian life moving forward. At the same time, uh, uh, because I was so immersed in the church world, I didn't really engage in campus life mm-hmm. that much. You know, all the activities and different things that the university offered. It was a pretty large university, football games or whatever. As much as I like lo- love football, I, I never went to a game. I would just kind of hang out with my church friends and watch a game and things like that. But um, things that I love doing now, right? Even going to concerts or performances mm-hmm. at the university, I did none of that. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so while that did really well in terms of just kind of like this 180 degree turn in my life spiritually, there was other aspects of my life in college. I feel like I missed out on a bit in terms of what it offered. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was, that's one of the pieces is it's like, okay, I think like diving into not only a church, because I I went to church off campus, but also like opportunity, like there are so many campus ministries um, Mm. where like at our school, we had crew, we had, um, what did we have? Young Life, there was a third one. InterVarsity. InterVarsity, yeah, we had all three of those and more. Um, And But I was like so involved in like off-campus church, um, Mm. which was good, but I, I wish I, yeah, I had like brought, faith and university together in, mm. in some way. Cause I felt like they were kind of like separate lives a mm. little bit. Yeah. Well, I would say the opposite as well too, cause mm-hmm. I know so many students who all they do is get involved in university crew or other purchase organizations, which, which is great. But then, and I've seen this over and over again through the years after college, they don't know how to engage mm, in a faith community outside of what they've experienced, which is youth group and some parachurch organization. And so they, they, they don't know how to handle the intergenerational mm-hmm. dynamics because yeah. for the last however many years, it's all been peers of like age, like mind. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, I would say maybe especially maybe your, your um, um, upperclassmen years, um, really getting in uh, more in, uh, engaged and involved mm-hmm. in a local church. Mm-hmm. So you could, and again, I, I would say throughout your college years, uh, it, it's a both and, right? There, there's a place for that college ministry experience, mm-hmm. but there's also a place to develop, especially during your college years, 
uh, those relationships with mm-hmm. people older than you and younger than you, right? College students who actually can serve as youth leaders. Um, so it's not just like, hey, this, this season is for me. You're also there. Like you're never too young to start mentoring and serving those um, and, and discipling those who are younger than you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I also think those um, those uh, organizations are and youth youth group as well can be sort of like really catering to mm-hmm. the a very specific person a very specific age and lo- local churches but don't aren't really quite set up that way mm-hmm. you know like in some ways there is a, a a measure of initiative that that is required on local church level where we're literally with it like an intervarsity or whatever like their entire goal <laughs> is to keep you engaged and entertained i mm-hmm. mean and, and sort of like maybe not entertained as much as engaged. Yeah. And so it is a really sort of different, um, it is a different faith type of faith community. Yeah. And life beyond college is not like college or high school mm-hmm. in terms of having, having, you know, like the, the almost the totality of your relationships and connections being just people of the same age yeah. and mm-hmm. stage of life. Yep. And so I think um, learning how to engage in, in a variety of settings, variety of uh, people in different stages of life is, is something that uh, I wish I knew when I was mm-hmm. in college. Yeah. Yeah. And it, you know, with that, it's like, I, I did do, I was like in intervarsity a little bit. Um, and I remember our, you know, Bible studies, it would be mostly, there was, there was, I guess a, uh, I feel like intervarsity leaders are like, they're almost like, a, in disguise as college students most of the time. Um, cause I was like, Oh, you're, you're the leader here. But it, it felt like, you know, Oh, like a bunch of my peers getting together, sometimes blind leading the blind a little bit. Mm-hmm. Whereas in like out senior year, I got into a community group, um, in the local church and it was, uh, women who were all, you know, like young adults, young professionals, um, and like two other college students. Um, but it was cool being able to like get some insight from people who've been married for a few years, people who are, you know, out of college, but single people, you know, just people in different life stages, but close. Um, there was a little bit more wisdom there. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, I was going to take a left turn here. Do it. Uh, um, Either of you may say the opposite of me here, but this is just reflective of kind of maybe the way we're wired. I would say, I wish I would have actually studied and learned better in college. Mm. I was Mm. the kind of college student who um, tried to do the least amount of work for the best grades. And I was also the college student, and I'm not proud of this, but would fall asleep during lecture class like all Mm. the time, like all the time, then borrow my friend's notes and then like study the night before and then piss off my friends because they have to do better. Mm -hmm. And and then I thought, oh, this is awesome. Mm. Now I'm just like, there was so much I missed Mm -hmm. because I didn't engage in my classes as a way to learn as much as just get the grade. I I did the exact same thing. I mean, Mm -hmm. one of the things that I realized in high school and then also in college was that that like, and this is like sort of the achiever mindset, but like the professors are human, right? And they're Mm -hmm. looking for something. And if you can give them that, 
they're going to give you an A. Yeah. And so instead of trying to learn the material, I would try to learn, learn the what, system. Yes, exactly. Yeah. What does the professor want me to say? Mm. I'll say that I'll get the A and that's all I, and again, you know, so that's not different from me sort of just trying to get a grade and mm-hmm. get out. Um, but even in my academic classes that I had to take, and I had a, a roommate who used to, um, he took, uh, what's it called when you go to a class and do the work, but don't get a grade? Audit. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. He audited classes all the time. And I was like, graduate. He did. And I was like, what are you doing? Like, why do you have Mm. extra classes on your schedule? But he understood what, what it meant to, to like love learning. Yeah. And so he, so he took all of these extra classes and he became really close with a lot of professors in his selected fields. And there's that whole side of college that I didn't access at all. Mm. I, I maybe went to one like office hours appointment Mm. with a professor, you know? Um, and there's like this whole other side. I think of people, um, that really engage that side. It's a whole Mm. different part of, the academic experience, right. mm-hmm. making connections and relationships and sort of delving into a subject that you want to learn um, that I just never did. Yeah, yeah I I had definitely more of the experience of your roommate. Yeah, where- I just, it wasn't anybody, <laughs> nobody, nobody's yeah. surprised. <laughs> yeah. I, no, it's great. Yeah. I mean, it's I'm making fun of it, but only, yeah. only as a defense mechanism. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Yeah, I I do think, yeah, the, like, knowing my professors and like then you know i graduated and i was like who will i ask for a letter of recommendation i want to ask everyone you mm-hmm. know like mm-hmm. which i think is the opposite of a lot of people's experience mm-hmm. where they're like i can't ask anyone for a letter of rec but um i think i was like oh well everyone every professor i've taken class with thinks i'm going to go into their field <laughs> so i can't ask any of them Funny. for this recommendation to something different um but yeah i think yeah, investing in those relationships and those classes. Yeah, definitely. Like I can speak to just the the impact that that's had. Yeah. Um, I mean, even if you're looking for um, like a career afterwards, mm-hmm. I mean, professors have their fingers yeah. in the field that they're teaching. Right. Yeah. I mean, 100%. And so, I mean, um, Gabe, my oldest Gabe has done this really, really well where mm-hmm. he just like, he asks professors, Hey, do you know of any jobs for the summer? Mm-hmm. You know, they, they have their fingers in the community. And so even if you're, even if you're not just like learning for the sake of learning, mm-hmm. you know, maybe it's not a literature course, but if you are, if you are spending time with the, the prof and actually tr- interested in what they're teaching, they're going to like, as opportunities come along, they're going to pass them yeah. along to you. Yeah. Absolutely. And that is, that's literally, I would say that's every bit as important as the academic side right. mm-hmm. of of college and I did not access it at all. I mean, again, it's because I had sort of written it off. I was mm-hmm. like, I just got to get a grade and move on. Yeah. Um, but I've seen people and, uh, Ryan, our friend Ryan is somebody mm-hmm. like he's, he got, he got like leads from his professors for years after mm-hmm. he graduated because he had fostered those relationships. Yeah. yeah. That was how I, part of the many, uh, steps that led me to Michigan was, a couple of, you know, a couple of my professors had graduated from U of M and they were, you know, saying like, Christine, you know, it's a one in a hundred shot, but Mm. you should apply. Mm. We'll recommend you like, you know, here are the, you should go for it. Um, and so that was, yeah, a piece of, of how I ended up here was because my professors wanted to talk to me about what was happening next. Yeah. 
So uh, another thing in terms of being present, uh, um, that I, I wish I had, I wish I had worked harder at maintaining the relationships that I did have mm. in college that that really is. And part of what I observed. So, I mean, like I said, I got, I got married in college. Mm. Um, and I was like deeply involved with a local church doing a pastoral internship and really sort of in my brain on a different track already. But my roommates, and there were four of us in like a suite, uh, they, um, rented a house together, you know, after we moved off campus and they stayed in relationship and those relationships became really, really long lasting, mm. you know? And I, at the time I didn't care because my brain was on another track, but I look back and I'm like, man, who knows how that would have been mm -hmm. different if I had sort of, um, just taken the time to, 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 be in to, to, to maintain those relationships. And in college, it's not hard, right? right? Like you show up for pizza and, and, and you know, it's like, that's, that's all that it takes. But in my mind, it was like not worth my time. Hmm. And I do, I really do regret that. Uh, uh, like probably two years after I graduated or shortly afterwards, one of my old roommates sent me an email and we hadn't talked in a couple of years. And he was like, Hey, just thought you'd probably want to know, like my dad passed away very suddenly. And I was like, I looking, I'm like, man, if I had been in his life at that time, I think that our relationship actually could have been a source of, com but really he, it was just sort of information like, Hey, mm -hmm. I know we have this relationship. I'm not sure what the protocol is here. Mm -hmm. My dad died. My family's a mess. Mm -hmm. And then that was it. Like, you know? Um, so just seeing sort of missed opportunities to be in people's lives in a significant way, because my brain was already somewhere else. Mm -hmm. That's where I feel like uh, the opposite experience for me because I dove so much into community mm. uh, over the years, over the, over the last 20 some years, uh, um, I've connected with people while I'm really bad at keeping in touch, but um, at various points, either I'll reach out or they'll reach out. Um, and with friends from college, even 20 years later, we're talking like we haven't skipped any you know like we've we've been in, in touch all these years mm -hmm. and it's it's like a big reunion and so i i do yeah like on the flip side of that i i that that, that is a positive benefit of just like um it's not don't see that as just a stepping stone to something else yeah those are the relationships yeah. god has put in your life and some of those will be lifelong relationships um kind of going back to something we talked about earlier about kind of uh, short-circuiting our way to uh, achieving and grades and things like that. I, I don't think it was until towards the end of seminary. Cause unfortunately I did that in seminary as well too. Mm. Um, it wasn't until uh, towards the end of seminary that I, I start to realize, and, and Stephen Covey calls it the law of the farm, mm. right? Like you can't um, like through school is set up as, a, as a system. And if you know how to work the system, you could get the grades with minimum work, but he talks about, on the farm, you can't do that, mm. right? Like you, if, if you don't, and I'm going to get all the terms wrong because I have no idea about the farm. I'm just glad you're trying. <laughs> <laughs> like if you don't plant during this season yeah. or harvest during that season, you can't, so you have to put the work in. And, and that was such a turning point for me. Like, so grad school where it's just like, oh, I can't um, short circuit. I can't hack my way through yeah. life. I have mm -hmm. to put in the effort. There is no shortcut yep. because you, we're always presented with hacks and shortcuts. And again, some hacks are useful in, in terms of like just little things in life, but it, life in general, like you have to 
we all have to obey what, what again he calls the law of the farm yeah mm-hmm. you you have to plant when it's se- that season you have to harvest and there's no working your way around that mm-hmm. yeah no that's good yeah and i think you know it points to something that like i definitely wish i'd known in college because i was like so present doing so many things 100% like i wish i had known oh my gosh i lost it what were you saying? The law of the farm. Oh yeah. I wish I'd known. I think I, I was constantly looking for like ways to be more efficient so that I could be doing, you know, add to my plate, add mm. to my plate. And I think, um, again, it wasn't until like the end of my college years when I went to Edinburgh for study abroad and I was, you know, walking miles and miles and miles every single day <laughs> that I realized like, oh, it's actually not always beneficial to be m- like maximum efficiency. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's good to be a little bit inefficient, um, to slow down, you know, Jillian, like she, she was telling me, uh, recently, like every single day, um, my friend makes oatmeal and she doesn't microwave it because Mm -hmm. making it on the stove forces her to slow down in the mornings Mm -hmm. so that she has to be awake early enough to start at 15 minutes before she wants it and then take time. Um, and I feel like sometimes, yeah, we want more and more hacks, not only in like the way we approach college, but like, you know, in our dorms and in like all sorts of areas of life. And sometimes it's actually good to slow down. Yeah. I should start making more oatmeal in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> right. You should write On a the book. Stove. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the discipleship of oatmeal. Yeah. Mm. What was your, what, what was your, we talked um, last week about our faith journeys in high school. Mm. What was your faith journey like in college? Mm. Who are you asking? I'm, I'm the two of you. <laughs> well, so when I became a Christian, it was my freshman year. Like scripture talks about the joy of your salvation. It, I mean, it, I, I went from like emptiness, brokenness to like the high of highs. Mm. I think, and I think that lasted almost throughout the entirety of my freshman year. Like I told, like I said before, I flunked a couple of classes my first semester. I remember walking out of a, I want to say a physics exam. Um, no, it, it was calculus. Calculus two. I I took calculus two my first semester because I did that well in high school. Thinking again, like, oh yeah, you know, I'm I'm so good. Yeah. I went into the final exam with a D. Hmm. Okay. And I, uh, I sat in the final exam, three hour exam. I literally knew nothing on that exam. Oh my mm. gosh. So an hour, a little, a little after an hour into the exam, I handed in the paper and walked out. Mm. And I remember thinking like, everyone's looking at me like, oh my goodness, I get, he's so smart. Yeah. <laughs> he finished the exam in like a little over an hour. Mm. Oh. And obviously I flunked the exam and I flunked the class. Mm. Um, But I remember literally the the joy of salvation. Like I walked out of there, like I knew I'd flunked the exam. I skipped all the way back to my dorm. Mm. Cause I was just like, you know what? No circumstance can affect like what's happened deep down inside. Mm. And again, it's one of those like Saul to Paul kind of events. Um, and I would say my spiritual life in, in college was pretty intense. It, I was part of a church that was uh, very charismatic, very Presbyterian, kind of like an oxymoron, but, um, and almost it, it was very heavy on legalism. 
So mm-hmm. it, it, in that sense, and, and I kind of bucked it a little bit against that. I, I struggled with that a lot, uh, but it was a, a, a pretty intense time of training for me. Mm-hmm. theologically so much so that when I went to seminary, I was like, Oh yeah, I've heard all of this. I, like I've, our, our pastor taught all this. And it, I mean, we had classes on like, um, the history of world missions and theology. Like we, so it was pretty intense spiritually. And, um, I, I will say coming out of that in, in seminary, that's kind of when, uh, one of the authors that I read back then a lot that really helped me coming coming out of that legalism was Brennan Manning, and he just talks a lot about the ragamuffin gospel. Ragamuffin gospel, <laughs> baby. And Rich Mullins, and I was a huge fan of Rich Mullins, a, a Christian a musician, and I would say it was during seminary that uh, that whole shift from like works righteousness, uh, where, where I, I, I maybe unintentionally picked up um, in, in college, uh, really swung to really embracing the, you know, the radicalness of the gospel. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How did your parents, um, did you like communicate to your parents? Like, Hey, I became a Christian. I did. And Mm -hmm. how did they respond to that? (laughs) Were they like, you were always a Christian? No, I, I don't, you know, I don't know. Well, I, I, after my first semester, I went back and said, Hey dad, mom, I became a Christian. And they were just like, hey, yeah, that's great. Hmm. And that was it. Hmm. I, I was expecting a little bit more fanfare, like, hey, break out the ox, you know, bring out the robe <laughs> yeah. and the ring. And, and, and it was like, hey, yeah, that's great. And I'm like, oh, that's it. Yeah. But I remember um, the, 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 uh, <laughs> at the same time when I went back and showed them my, uh, my grades. Mm. <laughs> oh, man. There was a fanfare there, of a different kind. There, yes. <laughs> My, my mom literally jumped on a table <laughs> what? and started screaming at me. Oh, wow. <laughs> yelling at me like. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. So how about oh, you, Christine? Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like in college, um, you know, they, uh, yeah, it was, it was also intense in a very different way. Um, Cause I went to a public university um, theater major in part, which was like just a very different culture than I had grown up in, Mm. um, and engaging. Yeah. Kind of, I struggled in like intervarsity and crew and, you know, struggled to connect, um, to any sort of like campus ministry. And so, um, yeah, I think very, again, like that personal faith was really strong, Mm. which was helpful and sustaining through that season. Uh, but, uh, difficult. I, I felt like there was a lot of responsibility to be a light, um, which takes a lot of work when there's also like, you know, my own like burdens and, uh, journey. So it was very much like clinging to God is, is kind of how I would, I would describe it Mm. instead of like the joy of salvation. Mm. So I, uh, I, so my wife and I were, were sort of dating when I went to school. Um, and we, we immediately got hooked up with the local church. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't really do campus ministry, campus ministries at all and got hooked up with the local church. And like I said, was on a very, very direct like ministry track, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so I, I don't, I, I don't remember. I don't re- It's so funny. I don't remember much about it except the way I remember everything, which is like, I was just trying to get everything 
done, Mm -hmm. you know, like sort of what does an internship look like? And, um, you know, how quickly can I sort of get this done? And, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, I think that the church track that I was in and on was, was really sort of prescriptive kind of like, so, you know, you need to, um, like start a small group and multiply a small group. Mm. There's like all these things that you sort of had to do. And so I remember trying to do a lot of those things. Um, but I don't, I don't remember much about like engaging in personal faith very deeply. I think I must've been, I mean, I remember like reading my Bible every day and journaling and stuff like that, but Mm. I don't really have any, feelings associated with that mm. nobody nobody in my family is surprised by that wait dad doesn't remember his feelings like <laughs> yeah. yeah of course not <laughs> yeah that makes sense what are feelings yeah exactly <laughs> um yeah i think that's one thing i wish i had known is uh again like i experienced that really powerful christian community senior year then i went to college and like couldn't connect with campus ministry well um and so I started going to a, a local mega church, um, which I found out there are four four of the top twenty mega churches in the U.S. are in Albuquerque. Hmm. I don't understand how there are that, that many people in crazy. Albuquerque, <laughs> but we went to one of the four um, for the first couple of years, and um, like it's just so easy not to get involved um, when you're going to a big church. And so I think I wish I would have known like I didn't have to go to a smaller church to get involved in a small group or to get plugged into serving. Um, cause I waited until we moved to a smaller church where like I knew people and it was easier to get connected. Um, but like I could have gotten connected at Calvary, um, if I had wanted to badly enough, <laughs> but I, I think I used that as an excuse as a, as a college student. How about dating and relationships in college? Well, you were already married. So mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm going to say this mm-hmm. for me, being married in college was great. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know that it's for everybody. Um, and certainly there were plenty of people who told me it was a bad idea. And when I look back now and I, I was engaged at 19 and married just after I turned 20, mm-hmm. I'm wow. like, Oh, that was a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> uh, except that it wasn't, except, yeah. except yeah. that it wasn't, you know, like, honestly, it was great for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved being married. I, I loved, uh, I loved coming home to my wife after class. Like mm-hmm. I, I loved it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's not, I'm, that's not for everybody, mm-hmm. but for me, it was great. Mm. Yeah. I didn't have to date in college. I was already married. <laughs> You're off the market. I mean, legitimately it was yeah. Yeah. like, for me, it was like a part of my life that I just didn't even have to think about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, as a, for me, I thought a lot about it. Um, and I think... Uh, the about thing, dating or marriage? About dating okay. and marriage. Probably more dating than marriage in that season of my life. Um, and, and what I would tell college-age Christine, what I wish I had known, is in high school, I remember Eric and Mary talking about how um, th- they would say like, oh you like, you know, not only should you like make a list of what, you know, godly attributes you're looking for in a spouse, but like you should wait until you find those. Mm. And then I got to public university and I was like, oh, those, those attributes don't, don't actually all exist in one person. Like I actually can't find someone who is, you know, patient and kind and loving and, you know, all of these things like that. So I, I've got to settle for what's in front of me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think what I would tell college age Christine is like, oh, actually, 
if you're not finding the things that are, and I know some people, especially some Christians, their list is like unrealistic, yeah. right? It's like insane. Yeah. For me, my list was like the, the basic things that I think we should be looking for in a partner. Um, and if, if those things, if they are not patient and kind and trustworthy, uh, wait, <laughs> don't just like mm-hmm. settle for what's in front of you is what I would say to college students. Did you, did you feel, um, did you feel like you had to be in a relationship just cause like that's what every college student did or were you really like, what was sort of your motivation to pursue a relationship instead of waiting? Yeah. Uh, that's a good question. I think as, as, uh, in, in like a season of lower health, I was like, oh, you know, I need, I'm, I want to be able to pour out in a deeper way into someone's life. Mm. Um, and it's easier to pour out in a deep way to someone's life if they're not doing well. Um, cause there's oh. more that they need. And so I think that was probably like, it's like the dysfunction of a two. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah, definitely some of that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think, I think there was like a genuinely, I was like, I only know like for Christ-like guys, because I hadn't been in Christian community in that way that that um, I wish that I that I was longing for, and mm. so I wasn't. I I literally was like, probably doesn't exist. If they exist, probably already married. Um, so like, okay, what are the options? Mm. Um, which I hear a lot of Christian women say. Yeah. Um, where they're like, oh, there aren't there are no good Christian guys, um, and then like, yeah, again with some distance from that being like, Oh, that's actually not true. Mm. Um, yeah. Right now, as I'm not single, I'm like, Oh, I see a lot of great Christian guys who I'm like, you know, wish I could like set my friends up with, but, but when you're, when you're single. Yeah. Huh. That's interesting. I mean, again, I was, I was like never in the dating Mm -hmm. scene really. I mean, I'm, I met my wife in high school. We dated Mm. when I sort of dated. I mean, we were very, boundaried with our relationship but we still sort of dated and then mm-hmm. we were married so so were you each other's like first boyfriend girlfriend or not, have you probably not okay probably not mm-hmm. but i mean um but again like i was we met when i was a junior and she was a senior so the, it, there wasn't there weren't, there weren't like right. really serious relationships right, before right. that yeah mm-hmm. yeah i dated a high school uh, a girl in high school uh one girl in college and one girl in seminary mm. before i met amy mm. And uh, I will say, I think over the years, and hopefully this is true of everybody, you, you grow wiser and you really start to understand um, what you want and don't want, mm-hmm. especially the girl in seminary. Um, after that, I was like, okay. Well, th- th- I went through a phase where I, I thought, man, this is these, these are such bad experiences. Um, that girl was, oh man, she was, whew. Um, I, I, I swore, I swore off like ever getting married mm. for a little mm. while. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. In fact, when I, when, when I met Amy, I, I was so cynical about marriage. I, I don't like, I'm not, I'm never getting married. Mm. Mm. And, um, but yeah, um, I, I, I do think, I mean, this is starting in high school and in college. And so high school, I was in a Christian, but like, I, I think the whole waiting thing for a female is good. I, I think for a, for a guy, like it was always, like, I always wanted to get physical. Right. Mm-hmm. And it was like, even though my, my, the, my girl, oh, she, uh, yeah, she was my girlfriend. <laughs> like she, she, she didn't want to have sex. Like as a kid, as a high school kid, I wanted to, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, she just refused. And I'm actually thankful for that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And uh, during my college years, we were both Christians. She had just, she had come from um, uh, a pretty sexual past um, before she became a Christian with her old boyfriend. And I remember that was, uh, and it, it, that was the first time for me as a, as a guy or as a Christian, even thinking through or dealing with like, oh, like just that whole, yeah, sexual past of, you know, this, your, 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 your partner, um, I had never done that before. Mm. And, and I think it was also, the, that's when I became a Christian where again, as Christians, you talk about sexual ethics and boundaries and all that kind of stuff. I mean, as a pre-Christian, you're just like, you know, who cares? Yeah, there's just, no rules. Yeah. yeah. I just want to do what I want to do. Right. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, the, I mean, these are conversations, uh, you know, we've had with our kids too about like physical, emotional kind of what, what boundaries or, or just um, um, at what pace you t- do you develop uh, all, all these different areas of your life. Um, what I wish I knew in college about relationships and dating, like, um, I. I, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know if I have one lesson. You know, I I think the one in high school, it feels so intense, Mm -hmm. right? You're just like, oh, she's got to be the one. Yeah. Right. Even though looking back, you're like, oh my goodness, thank you God that she's not Mm -hmm. the one. And then college, it's, I mean, I, I, I think my relationship with college, especially because that was like a Christian relationship, that one, that one took like a while for me to get over. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, both those cases, um, they didn't want to continue the relationship. The one mm-hmm. in seminary, I didn't want to continue the relationship. But I, I think just, um, you know, with relationships come hurt. Mm-hmm. Whether you're the one dumping or you're the one being dumped on. And I think, um, I mean, actually this conversation I had with uh, my son recently, like, oh, you know, whether you both like somebody, uh, like each other or not, like, um, even when you do like, Hey, you know, like you, you have to guard your heart. Mm-hmm. What does that look like? Um, and, and that's true. Even when you're dating, cause you don't know, mm-hmm. like you could be in college, you could be in seminar, uh, graduate school or whatever you just, and it might feel like, Oh, they are the one, mm-hmm. but you just don't know. And so just the exhortation of like, what does it look like to guard your heart? Mm-hmm. Both to not set them up as an idol mm-hmm. at the same time, just like, especially if you're a Christ follower, like, you know, does that relationship bring you both closer to God first and foremost, mm-hmm. more so than like, oh, they make me feel good or, um, I, and sometimes, especially in the context of relationships, people are so self-delusional. Mm-hmm. Well, of course she, she encouraged me towards God, right? Well, you know, I, and maybe we'll save this for kind of the young adult uh, conversation, but like, you know, love is blind. Mm-hmm. And, you, you know, you need to enlist some, I don't know, you know, seeing eye dogs to mm-hmm. kind of walk alongside you. And, and, and the thing I'm grateful for is, you know, uh, like our kids, and maybe the, we'll save this for a parenting episode, Um yeah, like having conversations with us um, about people they like or asking questions to like, what, what, what does that look like, right? And so mm-hmm. kind of getting off topic here. But um, yeah, I, I would just, even if it's a Christian relationship, even if you're guarding your boundaries, like I would say just learn to guard your heart. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And in that, like, you know, does this person draw you near to Christ? It's like, are you both walking toward Christ at the same speed? Mm. You know, like, are you at the same, you know, are you walking together in the same direction? Um, And is that direction Christ? Mm -hmm. Um, Because I think there, yeah. Uh, There were multiple people who I dated who, who said that they were believers and, but we were at, if, if that was true, we were at radically different places in our walk of faith. Um, and so, yeah, we weren't walking in the same direction or the same speed. Um, and that, yeah, that's something that um, doesn't seem like a big deal until you're a little ways in. <laughs> but it's better to know in advance. I So I'm trying to think about other things about my college experience that I, I wish I knew, but I, I feel like I've covered most of mine. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to chew for another second, but I, but I feel like mm-hmm. got most of them sorted. Although I'm, I will say like these conversations that we're just having, get me really excited about talking about young adulthood, especially yeah. relationships. I think, yeah. man, I, I, I almost, I have things to say on that and I almost just want to save them so that, yeah. uh, so that we can really sort of go in a little deeper. Yeah. Now you got to wait to hear what it is. I was going to say. Unless we forget all about it. Unless we forget all about it. We have a a week in between, but yeah. Yeah. So I guess that means uh, you all will have to tune in next time to hear more of Nate's thoughts on young adulthood. Oh man. I hope I remember them. (laughs) See you then. (laughs) Uh.